Let's turn to the scriptures, please, if you have a Bible with you. Uh, firstly, in the book of First John, John's first letter. If you don't have a Bible, I'll read this, uh, our passages this evening that we'll consider. I'll read them as clearly as I can. First John. Now, the passage that I want us to consider is found in chapter 2 of this letter, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 15. John is writing, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Uh, now, then we'll come over, please, to uh, the book of Hebrews for our second passage, the book of Hebrews, just a few pages back in your Bible, the letter to the Hebrews, and chapter number two is where we're going to take our reading in this uh, passage, the letter to the Hebrews in chapter number two, Hebrews two and verse number one, therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Now, I'll just pause there and explain that this is talking about people who have heard about the Lord Jesus Christ. That has been the subject of chapter one, the Son of God, that he is all we need to know God, to be saved. God has spoken fully in him, and therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest... At any time, we should let them slip. Verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now just notice in that uh, first verse that we read, there's that little phrase, lest at any time we should let them slip. Another way we could read that, another translation maybe helps us, is lest we drift by them, drifting by them, and slip away. Finally, uh, let's read from our final passage in, the Ma in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. We've thought in 1 John about, about a world that is passing away. And in Hebrews, we've read about people that are passing on, drifting away. But I want to read in Matthew chapter 26 about something that didn't pass away, didn't pass on. Let's read the account of the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the night before the Lord Jesus went out to the cross to suffer for the sins of the world. Let's read in verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. 
tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Now look at verse number 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup cannot pass away, that's the sense of it, if this cup cannot pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he goes away again, verse 44, the third time, saying the same word. John's gospel adds on, really in this account, how that knowing all things that lay before him, he went forth. John doesn't tell us about the prayers, but he tells us about the summary of it all. The Lord Jesus totally resigned to the will of the Father to go out to the cross, the cup that my Father giveth me, shall I not drink it? And we trust that God will bless to us these readings of his word and as we consider it this evening in the gospel. Three passages of scripture and the little thought as I've already tried to emphasize in our reading is this whole idea of passing on. We've read in 1 John chapter 2, we're going to learn a lesson about this world. John is very interested in his writings about this world and says John about the world it passeth away or really it is caused to pass away and the whole idea there is that this world will not be staying the way it is and John tells us the world that you and I know the world that you and I live in that is totally set against God John says it's passing away in Hebrews chapter 2, we've thought about a different scenario, a different scene, and, and we're learning a lesson about men and women, about you and I. And the great warning comes out there that it just could be the case that having heard the gospel and having heard about Christ as the way to God, it could just be the case that a sinner drifts away, passes away from the Savior. That's what I've tried to emphasize in that, in that reading. The idea is like, like a ship just drifting on by, when all the while it could get safe into the harbor. And finally, we've thought about a cup. As the Lord Jesus is standing on the very brink of Calvary, he's considering all that it will entail for him to go out to the cross to pay the price for redemption to be made, to open up a way back to God for sinners. He's thinking about it all and he pictures it as that cup. What contents were contained in the cup? He considers it all. He knows as God, the omniscient God, the Lord Jesus knew the full, the full weight that it would mean for him to go to the cross and he says, is it possible for the cup to pass? And the second time he prays. And he says, if this cup cannot pass away, except I drink it, thy will be done. And off he went to Calvary to pay the price of sin. As we come to First John uh, chapter number 2, 
You know, John is a book in our Bible. As we, as we read through the Bible, we discover that there are certain books that God has in his word uh, that are great gospel books. You know, uh, the Bible, of course, is full of, of, of truth. And for those of us this evening who are saved, it's a book that we can live by. We live our lives by the Bible. And we find many different truths in many different parts of the Bible. And God's great volume that he's given to this uh, world, that he's given to us as believers, we find so many truths in it. But one of the greatest truths in the Bible, as I've already emphasized this evening, the central truth in our Bible is the gospel truth. And John, I say, is one of these great gospel books. I'm glad that the Bible isn't just a book for the believers. But as we stand here tonight, as I stand here tonight in Ballyclare, the Bible is a book for the world. If you're coming to this hall tonight and you don't know your sins forgiven, if you don't know what it is to be in a right standing with God, we're really glad that we can come and open this book. And I tell you, friend, it's a book for you. God has things to say to you from this book. And primarily what he has to tell you is about the gospel, the good news. Well, John's a great book of the gospel. Well, you say, what sort of a thing does John have to tell us? What is God saying through John to us in the gospel? Well, if I was to summarize, if we were to read through all of 1 John, if I was to just summarize what it is that John has to tell us about, and the great lesson that God would have you to learn about, friend, it's just two words. John says there's a great possession that is to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ for anybody. Doesn't matter what social background you come from. It doesn't matter what religious background you come from. It doesn't matter how dark your history is. None of those things matter. John puts us all on exactly the same ground. He talks about us all just being of the same place in the same world. And he says, through the Lord Jesus Christ, there's two words that the gospel offers to us all. I want you to get this tonight. Eternal life. Can I say that again? This is what God would have you to hear about this evening. If you are not in the position of being saved, if you've never had your sins forgiven, if you've never been converted, what does God want the world to hear tonight? He wants you to hear this, that through his Son, you can have the greatest possession that this world could never offer you. Eternal life. Eternal, eternal, it lasts forever. What God offers you tonight, friend, in the gospel message, in the truth of his son, is something that will go on forever. I think that's a tremendous thing. You see, what God offers in his gospel is eternal life. Now, when we think about life, we're quite, uh, we're quite acquainted with that. We think about the life in our own body. You say, is it like that sort of a life? Well, no, it's not like that. You see, the life that's in our bodies, we all know that one day it'll go. In the prayer meeting, 
Some of the men that were praying uh, were reminding us about recent events here in the locality. It just reminds us how that the life that we have in our bodies, it's so fragile, it's so brittle. A couple of weeks ago in Balamani, we lost one of the brothers in the assembly just like that, out doing his job on the farm. Before you know it, life is gone. The life in our body, it's so brittle. One minute it's with us and the next minute it can go and when it's gone, it's gone. But this life, this life that God offers through his son to you this evening, dear friend in Ballyclare, it's not brittle life. It's not life that will, that will stop. It's life that goes on forever. Wonders there's someone here this evening and you would love to know lasting eternal life. You know, the Bible tells us that the way we are without God, if we never have Christ as our Savior, we are devoid of this. This is not something people have in themselves. None of us were born with this. The Lord Jesus stood in front of a religious man one day. You would think if anyone was to have uh, eternal life just because of who they are, it would be a really religious person. You know, someone, someone that knew the Bible inside out. His name was Nicodemus. He say, well, a man like that, reading his Bible every day, literally could, I would say Nicodemus, could have pretty well rehearsed a good chunk of his Old Testament. He'd say, a man like that, a man who never missed, uh, never missed a meeting at the church. Every single week he was there. Church attendance, good works, absolutely. A man like Nicodemus, you can read about it in John 3. He would have been absolutely uh, so focused on keeping the Ten Commandments. See, a man like that. A man like that, surely he has a good standing with the God of heaven. The Lord Jesus stood in front of him one day and he said, except you are born again, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Dear friends, what matters is that we are born again, that we have new eternal life and we only get it through the Son. That is what this dying world needs it is eternal life it's what you need friend it's what I needed praise God I have eternal life why because I have come to know Christ as my savior many others here today and they have come to the Lord Jesus just as they were without one plea they realized that they were sinners they were separated from God as it was the way they were, they would, if they had died, gone down to judgment to be judged for their sins forever. But they came to Christ, and what does Christ offer? You ever think of that? What did he come down to this world and die on a cross? What was it all about? What did he come to offer? I have come, said the Lord Jesus, that you might have life. That's what you need tonight, friend. The life you have in your body will go. We're absolutely sure of that. But remember, you'll exist forever. 
God will judge every single man and woman that dies in this world for their sins committed in their life, every one of them. The Bible calls it the second death. If you die in your sins, you'll go on to death, eternal death, where you will exist forever in the place of the holy judgment and wrath of God for your sins. But you see, if you've got Christ in this life, your body life will go one day, but the eternal life that you got when you trusted Christ, it'll go on forever. All the way through this life, yes. Those of us who are saved tonight, we have eternal life for this life. There's a joy that we have. John speaks about that in chapter 1. Our joy is full because we've got eternal life. And it's for this life. But when our little life ends here, because we have got a deep-seated, spiritual, eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ, it will go on forever. We'll not go to the second death. We'll go on to glory because we have Christ. You see the difference? And so John is telling us in his, in his epistle what we need and what the gospel offers you through the Lord Jesus is eternal life. What sort of a life is it? Well, when we read John, we discover this. There's two great characteristics about eternal life. It's not just some mystical thing. We can speak of eternal life. It's not just going to heaven. It is that. Praise God, it's that. But the two big things that John tells us about as he opens up to us the wonderful potential and the wonderful possession that the gospel offers this world, two things eternal life means. Number one, it means that you are brought into relationship with God. Chapter 1 of 1 John. He says, you see, when you get eternal life, you have fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Friend, as it is you are in your sins this evening, can I say to you, you have no relationship with your God? In fact, dear friend, the position that you are in your sins, unforgiven, is that you are separated from God. God to you this evening is looking upon you and Romans 1 verse 18 tells me his wrath is coming toward you. Revealed from heaven against all of your ungodliness and all of your sin. You might not think much of your sin, but I'll tell you, friend, God hates sin. And as he looks upon you this evening, take it kindly from me. We're only interested in what the Bible says. And the Bible says all have sinned. And if you're not saved tonight, friend, God is your judge. Would that not settle into a heart this evening? Would it not cause you to tremble, friend? That without Christ, God to you is a judge waiting to send judgment upon you for your sins. He is so holy. The Bible says he is an all-consuming fire. We might think little of our sins 
But friends, the Bible tells us that God sees every one of them and has noted down every one of them and is infinitely offended by every one of them. And tonight, friend, if you haven't got Christ, God is your judge. But you see eternal life. You see what the Lord Jesus offers, what God has given in his son, the gift that God, imagine that, the judge wanting to reach down to you and I in our sins and give us something to deliver us from our sins. What the Lord Jesus offers you this evening and the eternal life that he offers means that you would be brought into relationship with God. You see, the moment a sinner trusts Christ, comes as they are in their sins, God becomes no longer judge but father. Imagine the creator of the world that you and I have sinned against. The gospel tells us that through Christ we can know him as our father. And no longer would God be offended, but he would love you as a father loves a son. John's Gospel, chapter 17, tells us that with the very same love that he has for his Son, he has for all those who have trusted in him. Loved with the very same love. Eternal life, it offers relationship with God, but it offers not only that, it offers forgiveness of sins. John tells us that in chapter 2, verse 12. He says, I write unto you, little children. These are people who have got saved. And what does he say? Because your sins are forgiven. Friends, what the Lord Jesus can offer you this evening as he stands in all the worth of the cross that he's been to and the work that he's done, he stands as a saviour who can forgive your sins. Eternal life means relationship with God. It means forgiveness of sins. All of your sins put away. What is it the Old Testament prophet describes it as? He has cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Is there someone here this evening? And the truth of your sins is beginning to dawn upon your soul. Mounted up before God. Can I tell you through the Lord Jesus, if you came and trusted him this evening, you would get eternal life that means every single one of them would go. Put away. That's really what forgiveness means, by the way, in our Bible. We talk about forgiving people. Well, we try and forget about what they've done, don't we? My friend, when the God of heaven offers forgiveness of sins, he means he will put every single one of them away forever. Gone. Eternal life. But I read that passage, the reason why I read chapter 2 about the world passing away, that is the great contrast, you see. Eternal life through the Son. Then John tells us, there's either those in the world and they've got eternal life through the Son, They're in relationship with God. They've got a clear standing. They're enjoying the forgiveness of sins. They're joyous full. John says, then there's those in the world. And they're off the world. Dear friend, if you're not saved this evening, my Bible tells me you're not in a standing with God. You're off the world. And what about this world and all of its system? 
and all the things that it values, it is against God. But what does the word of God tell us about this world that you're a part of? And the world, says John, passeth away. It's going. And the calculation has to be made tonight, friend. If you are not saved, you are part of a world that's passing away. Would you not do the calculation tonight? The Lord Jesus stands as the Son of God who has come down to the cross and opened up eternal life for all that will go on forever. And there you are, part of a world that has no time for God and is headed for judgment. Act 17, God has appointed a man who will judge this world in a coming day. If you stay part of this world that's passing away, friend, you'll go down in judgment forever. It's passing. Would you not get your eyes tonight on the sun? See the Lord Jesus. He genuinely tonight is standing as a saviour, as real as he was when he was here below on this earth. And still the words are coming that he spoke. Was it in Matthew 11? Come. Don't take it from me tonight, friends. Hear the words of the Lord himself. Come unto me. That not be a word for someone and you realize you're part of a world that's passing away. You're living for this world. John says you love the world. Your interests are entirely directed to this world. That's all you live for, friends. It is. The Bible tells me. Take it kindly from God tonight. You are loving this world and God says it's passing away. Peter says it's for the fire. Fervent heat. It's going. Friend, it's a perishing, dying, passing world. The Lord Jesus stands as saviour. He would love to take you from this world. He'd love to save you from it. He'd love to give you eternal life. How do you get it? There's only one thing John says in his, in his epistle about you and I, what we have to do. It's believe. That's all God asks of anyone who wants to come in to the blessings of eternal life. He asks us to put our trust alone in his son. That same woman, in fact, that I was speaking to yesterday tried to tell me that she was believing. The problem was she told me that she was also trying to do her best. That tells me that she wasn't believing. You see, faith in the Bible is to look upon my own self and recognize that I am absolutely helpless in this whole matter. That I'm not able. Friends, the night I got saved, maybe this would help somebody that's not saved tonight. The night I got saved, the first lesson I had to learn was this. That I cannot save myself. In fact, I can have no part in this. You see, friends, when you realize that in your sins, you are helplessly guilty before God and you're perishing, just like someone drowning in the waters, then the next great lesson, and this is where faith comes in, you realize he's all that I need. And you trust him. 
We don't have time to think about Hebrews. But I'll just mention it as I close. The epistle to the Hebrews, it's not so much the calculation for the sinner. See that you're in a passing world that's heading for judgment. Get to Christ. When I read that little passage in the book of Hebrews, the great, it's a warning verse. The gospel is a great warning as well, friends. As, as much as it tells us about eternal life that can be had through the Lord Jesus, coming just by faith, there is a great warning. Therefore, says the writer, in light of what we have heard, that the Lord Jesus is all that we need to get to God, that forgiveness of sins is only found in him. In light of that, we ought to take the more earnest heed, lest we drift past. Oh, to think of it and slip away. As I think about those words, the potential for a sinner to hear the gospel, but to drift past and slip away. Do you know what I think in my mind is? There the Lord Jesus tonight is in heaven. And he's calling to you. There you are in your sins in this world and you're drifting by. And he's calling, come on to me. Believe on me. But the day will come the calling will stop and the great opportunity to be saved will be over and you'll slip away a passing world passing sinners friends please do not miss Christ if you miss Christ and the eternal life that he offers to you because of what he's done at the cross Remember, you'll perish. The Lord said it himself. Unless you repent, the Lord preached it. You shall all likewise perish. Miss Christ, friend, you'll perish. You will perish if you miss Christ. Countless souls this evening... have already reached that eternal realm and their perishing has begun to be realized. If you die without eternal life, you'll join them forever to perish. I'm glad we can finish this evening thinking about a man and he bowed his heart to the will of the Father as he thought about the cross and all that it would mean for him to provide eternal life for you and I, he thought of it as that cup. And he said to the Father, thy will be done. Mind you, the cup might have passed away from him. He might have never gone and none of us would have been able to point a finger. We had sinned against him and yet out of love he took it. Hebrews 12, he endured the cross. He drunk it all. He suffered for sins. I could never, I could stand for 
the rest of my life on this platform and try and tell you what it was that he suffered, but I wouldn't get even close to it. But the Bible tells me he suffered for sins. The infinite weight of judgment that sins were due, Jesus bore it all. He suffered for sins that you might be saved from sins. He took the cup and he drank it up. Friend, flowing from the Lord tonight because of what he's done at the cross is eternal life. I close with the words of the Lord Jesus. John 7, he's standing at the end of that feast, that religious feast. Crowds of people surround him. And the most of them are just filled with emptiness. They know they don't have reality. Is that you tonight? Empty. On that last day of that religious feast, the Lord stood in Jerusalem. It says he cried out with a loud voice, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Please, friends, I implore upon you, trust Christ in this life and have eternal life that will go on forever. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank Thee that the Lord Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. We recognize that this came at a great cost. We thank Thee that He gave His life a ransom for the many. We thank thee, Father, that sinners from the dust of this earth through the Lord Jesus can be brought into a relationship with thee. Those of us this evening who are saved, we bow our hearts and bless thee that we know thee as our Father and that we have eternal life, forgiveness of sins. We pray for those amongst us. We love them dearly. We're sorry that we couldn't speak uh, more tenderly to them, but we pray that they would take these words from the very heart of God this evening, that they might think much upon the matter of their soul, think much upon Christ and his ability to save them. We pray for them, Father. Be gracious unto them, we ask. We commend ourselves to thee in the Lord's precious name. Amen.